Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. If you're looking for a dull, feel-good religion, or clap your hands, sit around the campfire kumbaya, you've come to the wrong place. We are dealing with toxic levels of authentic masculinity. I would say good luck, but luck is for pagans. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. Man, it feels good to be back in studio. Adam and Ann here with David Niles. We had the whole gang back. You're the tell- gang is back. You're telling me, bro. Yeah. You're telling me. <laughs> I can't wait for you to uh, divulge in the uh, story that you have. I would like to pour this whiskey. First. And then... Uh, and then tell a story. Okay. Uh, I'm really excited about it's it. It's a long story that I'm going to shorten. It's my story of the last seven days. It's a, a seven-day tour. Right. Also, just letting you guys know, if you are wanting to go to the Catholic Man Show camp out... It's too late! <laughs> it's too late! <laughs> so here's the deal. We opened up the Catholic Man Show camp out registration today. The, today is... What is today? Is today... Today's a Monday. Monday the 9th. So we, we opened we opened it up today on the 9th for our patrons and then you know some of our a close family and um you like know like our cup, dads we told we, right. we like tell our dads hey dad don't worry and about signing up and a couple priests we we got you on the list right. you know like you know some of the people that you know are grandfathered in we're not going to like we're not going to tell our dads hey sorry you didn't make the sorry, cut sorry dad it sold out right. you know right so we open it up cuz it's our camp out yeah, right we, yeah <laughs> Uh, we opened it up at like 10.30 in the morning. By 1.30, I think, 1.30, maybe 2 o'clock, all 60 spots were reserved. Which is crazy. Uh, which is crazy. Which we didn't anticipate. Never had happened before. Did not like, anticipate. It was, it's our intention to have some open, like for everybody to take a shot at. You know, Coming. Anybody who wants to come. Right. You know, uh, but also like we just can't do more than 60. It's it, It's just... It would be terrible for Juan. It gets to be too much for, for yeah, too many people o- operationally. So it is what it is. So we have a waiting list. Yeah. So we, uh, I have a waiting list. So when it opens up to the public, uh, I have a waiting list. There are always people who have to cancel last minute for one reason or another. And so if you are one of those people who would like to come but did not get on the waiting list because you did not, uh, you were not a patron member, then. Join the waiting list, and we'll let you. We'll try to get you in. Yes. So, Dave, you've been gone. So, we recorded. Uh, let's just give me your give me your thoughts on the whiskey first. Okay, so I haven't even is, tried it. Yeah. So, but you, like, we recorded a bunch of episodes a couple weeks ago, back to back to back. Yeah, we went one on Sunday, and then one on Tuesday. And then Wednesday we had another one in the in the bank. You know, for Bishop Condola came on, and so before, yeah, before I went on vacation, your, your, your vacation. Was, yeah, the first time. So this is our uh, our first time back in over a week for sure. Mm-hmm. Week and a half. Week um, and a half. So it's been just a little bit longer than usual. So I went uh, to we went on a road trip. Uh, my wife's dad's family reunion in Wyoming. Um, they have a, a trailer on a, a lake, Lake Alcova in Wyoming. What do you think of the whiskey? Oh, we didn't even by the way, it. we're drinking Wyoming whiskey. 
um, which we've had Wyoming whiskey before. This is their private stock, um, and it said on the back that Ooh, the very end is awesome. Only two hundred and forty bottles that they made. Um, so if you can find this, it's wow. Apparently very rare. This was what well, one of the things I I loved about Wyoming whiskey before when we had it is it was so good at such a low price point. Um, we get it here in Tulsa for just the regular for about 45 bucks. I found it in Wyoming for 35 bucks. $10 off. I mean, as Juan pointed out, if you you know, you buy four bottles, that's like a a bottle for free, right? Um, so this Way to go, Juan. Way to go with your math. I like it. It was like a it was like, "Wow. Well, when you put it that way, I like, I would I would like a case. I like free whiskey." <laughs> um like, why'd you spend $300 at the liquor store to get free whiskey? <laughs> hmm. Uh, but this is, today we're drinking their private stock. So this was six, about $60, $65 there okay. in Wyoming. So I'm not sure what it would be. Here. Outside, or if you can even find the private stock outside of Wyoming. I, I just don't know. Man, it is really good. But it is, yeah, it is good. It is very good. The uh, nose has hint, uh, hints of vanilla, ca- mm. uh, uh, caramel, mm. a little bit of hay. But the the end, uh, the finish, like I had already swallowed it, and oh, I had yeah. br- I breathed out. It's like sudden, a little peppery, and, and a uh, a little almost um, uh, oloroso, like a little sweet, hmm. like wine almost ending. So yeah, me. this eighty eight proof. Um, I'm a big fan of Wyoming whiskey. Though. I I am too. I am too. I was drinking it at the family reunion. So anyway, we're going to this family reunion. The reunion starts on Thursday. It was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? We left the Sunday prior. We were going to take a road trip. Um, you know, it was my whole family, me, Lady Pamela, our kids, and uh, Pamela's parents, all piled into our minivan. We have eight seats in the minivan. It's great. Uh, tight, but great. I bet it was so quiet. Such a peaceful, quiet it was, ride. It was just tranquil. Yeah. Tranquility was really the state of affairs. Yeah. Um, so the first day, our plans were to get to Alliance, Nebraska. Uh, we were going to go up from there to South Dakota, go see um, Mount Rushmore. We went through uh, Wind Cave National Park, where they've got like buffalo and it's all kinds of wildlife. We actually did go in the Wind Cave. But as we're driving up, to Alliance on Sunday, uh, about an hour outside of Alliance, something ran out in front of our car, and it went boom, thump, 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 thump. <laughs> I was asleep in the back <laughs> uh, when this happened, and again it was boom, thump, 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 thump. And it was very obvious that we hit something, and seconds went by, and then we ran it over. Yeah. And uh, Dan said that it was a coyote that had run it. He said, that was a big coyote. They said, that was like one of the biggest coyotes I've ever seen that ran out. Um, and the van kept driving. It's like, oh, yeah, we hit it. Like, man, I hope the bumper's not dented, you know, or something. Right. <laughs> so I we- hope the bumper's not dented. <laughs> We pull into the, and everything is just running like a top, right? Right. Uh, well, we pull into the hotel, and as this is an hour later. We've been driving for an hour. We pull into the hotel, and as soon as we stop in the hotel parking lot, the car just starts making the worst sound. It's 
like, rah, 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 it's like like a dog. It sounded like maybe a generator or like some heavy machinery was being operated or something. Um, and we got out and looked like, oh, <laughs> that's bad. Uh, basically, like the, the radiator had just been crushed. Um, like the piping that goes from the condenser to the radiator was just totally smashed. Uh, all the radiator fluid was just leaking out pretty quickly um <laughs> it the, for some reason when you were driving on the highway it didn't seem to leak very much but when we st- stopped and idled i think it just has to do with the way the the pressure it builds pressure in the radiator system i i don't really know but anyway the next day we took it to a local mechanic and they plugged it they put they they said look you this is all messed up you've got like quarter inch holes here in your stuff we have this you know it's like stop leak goo that mm-hmm. you put in there he's like we're gonna put this in it but it's not gonna work i mean it's it's right. designed for small holes not you know huge not not like we have not pieces of metal missing k- right? nine teeth in your right exactly <laughs> and we, he's like what'd you hit and he and we said like it was a big coyote and he goes oh well we have gray wolves here i'll bet you hit a wolf they've had fires in the area like there's a lot of fires in the country right now and he said all the fires have been driving the wolves in closer to, so, so to the road, we hit a wolf. We hit a freaking wolf, and uh, like I, w- I wish now that we had stopped to to, to at least see, like, take a picture of it, it or something. You know, it like mold really bad, but but it got totally stuck in the grill. Yeah, for a few seconds, and, and then we then, ran it over. That yeah. was the whoom, bam, thump, thump, thump. So inertia, it, man. Anyway. It was crazy, so we had to like rent two cars because we Alliance, Nebraska is a pretty small town, and mm-hmm. um, so we spent the the rest of the vacation went well. We get to um, we went and saw uh, Mount Rushmore, um, you know all the stuff we were gonna do. Was had we had just a blast. We get to the family reunion. It's on Lake Alcova in in Wyoming. Wyoming is a very windy state, windiest city in the country. Cheyenne, Wyoming, second windiest city, just. Fun fact, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, in the country. Hmm. Not Chicago. Chicago is called the Windy City because of all the politicians blowing smoke. It's right. a, yeah. not really because it's a windy place. But um, Didn't know this. So my daughter is out on a paddleboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Elizabeth. Those are fun, by She's the way. six. Yeah. I mean, they are, they are fun. They're very leisurely. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you can't go very fast, but oh. yeah, that's okay. Um, and she's out there with one of Pamela's aunts, and... She was doing fine paddling around. You know, she could do it. And it's like having a good time. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, just the wind went crazy and just whipped up. And unfortunately, Elizabeth was on the downwind side of Pamela's aunt. And, you know, she's, I don't know how old she is, but she's, you know, like in her 60s or something. She was trying to swim after her just couldn't do it. And Elizabeth starts freaking out. She's yeah, like, I bet, like panicking, screaming, "Somebody save me!" You know, like, "Help me!" You know, like, in she a, moving pretty fast because the wind. She was, yeah, she was moving very fast. So I'm gonna tell my the rest of my dad's story. Do you get to be the heroic dad on the other side of the break? Well, you'll have to find out, Adam. You have to wait and see. I bet, I bet you sank like a stone. <laughs>
This segment of The Catholic Man Show is brought to you by The Catholic Woodworker. Go to thecatholicwoodworker.com for heirloom quality home altars, crucifixes, and rosaries. It's also the only place where you can get the official rosary of The Catholic Man Show. Type in promo code TCMS for 10% off all purchases. TCMS for The Catholic Man Show. CatholicWoodworker.com. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We got we got the band back together. We got Juan and Gene Spencer in the house. Uh, so I was just telling my story about my daughter. She was like panicking. It was like a a, a terrible sound because you like that is the sound of real fear. Yeah, and, of and, true and, fear and, and yeah. terror. Right? Yeah, Ugh. like she was. I could tell she's worried she's gonna die. Yeah. Because she doesn't know what's going to happen. She And it's a big lake. She was blowing out into the lake. Like, mm-hmm. I and I knew if we don't stop her, I don't know. It, it might be an hour before, like... We can get... Because we, we don't have a boat at this time. Oh. Right. There are boats here. That we can maybe, borrow. Maybe the keys are in them. I don't know. <laughs> I hijacked a boat. Like, we have a... Uh, at the time, we had a kayak way back at the trailer... I mean, it would have gone. been an hour before we got it to the wall. You know what oh, I mean? Like, man. So, uh, luckily, there's a dock. She's like kind of, we were in like a, an inlet, kind mm-hmm. of a, maybe a, just a very tiny cove, the way you could think about it. And so, on either side are docks of her for a, a while, right? I mean, at least for like maybe 20 more seconds at the pace she's going, there's a dock close. Well, sort of close anyway. And I hear her screaming, and I was like, well, somebody saying, somebody save me. And it's like, well, I guess that's me. I'm the dad. I guess it's, here, hold my beer. Right. You know, uh, so I'm like running towards this dock, like, t- uh, honey? Taking, taking my, <laughs> as I'm running, I'm like flinging my belt, taking oh, my yes. shirt off. It was, it was pretty epic. You're like ripping your clothes off here in the NBA, just like, whoo, right. Like, just, I almost, because I had, I was just in street you, clothes. Yeah. I almost dropped the shorts. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, I almost did. Because, uh, you know, I got boxer briefs on. Right. You know, you, you may. Uh, but I was like, did you hear uh, like I have the tiger playing in your head? Well, as I was running out the furthest dock, she's already past the dock. And uh-huh. so and, and really moving. Mm-hmm. And I was seriously wondering, I don't know if I can swim that fast. I am a very strong swimmer. You are. Yeah, I'm a very strong swimmer. I'm and I'm a pretty fast swimmer. Uh, but it's like, I'm going to give it my all. Mm-hmm. And I, it's going to be a great story I if I heard, can do it. I heard somebody as I'm running out down the dock saying, no, David, don't like they were worried that I wasn't going to, you were going like, to drown. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> I remember hearing that going like, like, like I'm not going to go after, right. you know, cramp, cramp. <laughs> right. Like, Oh, sorry, Elizabeth. Someone doesn't want me to do it. Yeah. So anyway, I die, like run, dive in the water and sprint after her as hard as I can. And I was getting close, and the wind was picking. She was get, The further out, the stronger the wind was sure, getting. Sure, yeah. And I realized, I'm not going to make it. So I yelled to her, Elizabeth, jump in the water, because she's sitting on this paddleboard right. being a, as a sail. And so, Assuming she has a life jacket. She has a life jacket on. Good. And so she jumped in the water, and she swam to me, and like we both climbed back on, and I was able to paddle. You embraced, us. cried. She, and when I got there, she goes, Dad. I knew you would save me. <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> of course I will. I will always save you. Because I am your father. I am the father. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nice. Anyway, it was just like, and so meanwhile, while I was doing this, Pamela's Aunt Denise, who's a little bit of a worrier, kind of a panicker, panicking is like kind of her, she called 911. (laughs) Okay. And then, and I got there and she hung up. And so they called back and said like, well, we're going to send a trooper out just in, just to like, what, what, what what trailer number are you at? And so later uh, he did come by just to like check on us. So I got a picture Pam, Elizabeth and I took a picture oh, with the policeman, and yeah, it was a great story. Uh, on the way home, wrap, to just to wrap everything up, uh, we we took the van after we hit the wolf to get repaired. Um, they were able to get no repairs done, just because. <laughs> <laughs> It took them three three days. They were able to get nothing done. We got him to we got it to him like Monday afternoon, and by Sunday they said like, "Hey, we had we had ordered their stuff. It was supposed to come in Saturday morning. None of it came in." Okay, uh, so it's like great. What are we gonna do? We have uh, this van which is like crushed in the front uh, with a radiator that is now the thing is when they when the they put in the radiator seal stuff, it sealed. Uh, the guy, remember, he said, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. It totally worked. And he was like, I, I cannot believe that it that worked. is holding. Yeah. Um, and so then we drove it like an hour to Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. It's a bigger town. They have a dealer to get it fixed, right? Well, they didn't get it fixed. So what are we going to do? So we just decided we're going to get in it <laughs> and see how far it gets. Really? Well, it made it about 10 and a half hours. Uh, wow, that's way longer than I thought. Yeah, I mean, and so we, we made it about an hour north of Wichita last night before the seal just gave out we tried to plug it again and it was just not having it and uh anyway so my van is still in wichita wichita it's in wichita i think it actually is in salina right now it's mm. gonna get towed to wichita tomorrow brutal so i'm hoping to have a van again in like two weeks but wow it was a crazy it was a crazy vacation that is definitely one i'm gonna remember right. be able to talk about oh, yeah dude and that you know? story is only gonna get better it is definitely going to get better. The heroic dad I mean, story is only going to get better. And it's going to go from like a small wolf to like maybe someday a, like a bear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, like. Dad punched a bear in the face this vacation. Yeah. I killed a rat. To ra- save I, Elizabeth from drowning. Right. And also I what killed What was the a- bear doing next to, the, next to Elizabeth in the water? I don't know, but he punched it in the face. No, no. <laughs> was she, was she, why is she putting her face in your tires? Uh, I also killed a rattlesnake. Uh, we were taking a hike, and the, the when the policeman showed up, he did say, oh, yeah, the rattlesnakes. There's been a lot more interaction between the rattlesnakes <laughs> and hikers up on the mountain. That's the way they call it, interaction. So when we got when we were hiking up there, we did have an interaction, and I was going to let it live, but then I just didn't like the way it looked at me. You know what I'm saying? I do. So I killed that rattlesnake, because let me tell you, there's no shortage of rattlesnakes around, and uh, cut off its tail. Nice. I have its uh, little... I have a rattler. Nice. I, I meant to bring it. I saw a, a, a video. There is this organization that is trying to label shark attacks as shark interactions ah, because ah. they want to have a less negative connotation mark on right. shark attacks. So your interaction with rattlesnakes reminded me of like... How politically correct. Yeah, I'm shark sure that... Shark interactions. The, yeah. That makes uh, people feel a lot better. Yeah, there's a shark who's still, to this moment, interacting with my leg. Yeah. <laughs> It's not Pal- going well. Off of Palm Beach, Florida. Yeah. Uh, it's a long-term interaction that the shark is having with yeah. my leg from the knee down. Well, hey, let me let me tell you a little story about Luke. 
Okay, I didn't mean to take up so much time for okay. the man gear. That's we can, okay. If you want to, I'll let you make that call. If you yeah, I don't know it. if we'll do it or not. But okay. Luke uh, placed top 10 in the state championship fishing tournament. That is incredible. Ninth. He got ninth. Out of 84, he got ninth. At 84 in this tournament? In this tournament. I mean, because that, that doesn't count all the people from the other tournaments who didn't qualify. Who did not qualify. I mean, so it's like really a lot more than 84. Uh, 34. Oh, I thought you said 84. No. Oh, it's, well, if it's I a, said 84, I meant 34. Okay. Still. It's, 34. It's going to be out of several hundred people. Uh, yeah. I mean, cause if you whittle if you, it down. You take yeah. The, yeah. All the people who tried to get into this tournament. So ninth. Placed ninth. That and, is awesome. Um, so he did a really good job. I was really proud of him. Uh, perseverance was was the key word. We went through a crazy, it was like downpour, crazy wind. It was just a terrible day to fish. I mean, the the ra- lake was just rocky. The boat was just moving all over the place. It was like torrential downpour, then sunshine, then torrential downpour, sunshine. Oh and, you know, so it was just, it's pretty wild. Um, fish weren't biting very well at all. I yeah. mean, imagine being an eight-year-old and fishing for five hours. Yeah. With very little activity. Yeah. But he'll do that. Luke will oh, actually oh, yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he did a great job. I was really, really, really proud of him. Fishing season tournament is now over. But um, so... So he told me he got a shirt and a fishing pole. Yes. So he won a... He got a t-shirt for just entering. Um, and then he won a fishing pole and a bunch of tackle. He probably won like, I don't know, $80 worth of tackle. That's awesome. Um, and then he got two trophies because he also caught, it, he was the top one for the junk fish again. So, Twice. So back to back. What was it this time? Uh, it, was, it was a catfish again, but it was only uh, like a pound. I think it was a little over a pound. I just, I just didn't know you could catch catfish on a bass lure. Dude, the biggest catfish I've ever caught was on a crankbait. Oh, okay. So they're not using a, they're not using like a, like a bass spinner. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So they're not on the bottom, and they're catching well, catfish. Right now... It, I just didn't know catfish would, like, chase their prey. You know what I mean? Uh, Well, a lot of it is very shallow water bass fishing right now. Okay. So, anyway. uh, So, the the man... Now, yeah, I, yeah, now that, I, I don't actually know much about that, like, now that what, we're two, what to do. Now that we're two minutes out, the man gear was going to be talking about uh, splitting firewood uh-huh. and, like, things that you wanted to, like need to know about splitting firewood a okay. couple things you need to know we'll, we'll hit it really quick uh it's better to have a, a mole instead of like a traditional axe um a mole it has a little bit wider and it's yeah. heavier um because it splits better it splits better and the, because it's not chopping it's splitting wood these are two two, two different things right. chopping wood and splitting wood are different things. and the back has like the flat thing you can hit a sledgehammer so, yes uh also if you wanted to uh have a splitting wedge and a, and a hammer which or a sledgehammer which i use a lot very helpful and right. also like Which a, the mall is like kind of that put together what happens to me is the splitting wedge gets stuck in the log sometimes sometimes yeah uh and then the kindling kindling splitter i think we've talked about that yeah. before which that uh, thing is awesome it's freaking awesome look that up just amazon kindling split uh, uh yeah but splitter. Buy, buy it at a local store not amazon yeah but just to look at it uh, just to yeah. see what it is uh so we've already talked about would like you look at it would you look at it oh look um, at that so I also found out, I was talking to a guy, or I was tweeting back and forth with the guy who does, um, he chops wood, he's kind of a homesteader, and yeah. I was uh, talking to him about gloves, because I went like three hours, and my hands were just like completely blistered up, and he mentioned that one of the best ways to have gloves, like work gloves for chopping wood, is to just get cheap, like just basic cheap working gloves, and then duct tape the palms to have more grip and the and the last longer. Hmm. Uh, and he was showing me a picture of it. I, I mean, 
worked really well. Uh, and then, man, he, he also said to put a tire around your chopping block so that way the wood stays contained into the tire. And also, like, it's not, every time you split it, it's not flying everywhere. It helps you, saves your back. You're not having to go and pick, it, pick everything yeah. up. You do a lot more in a lot less time. Nice. Uh, so I'm, gonna, I'm definitely doing that the next go around. Good idea. We'll be right back. Do you feel like God is calling you to go on a pilgrimage? Well, for the last 34 years, Select International Tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world. And you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave, you want to make sure you have the great, the best hotels. You're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So, for more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Sipping on a little bit of this Wyoming whiskey private stock bourbon. Thanks to David Niles for bringing it back. When in Rome. I guess. We didn't mention uh, Wyoming whiskey is distilled in Kirby, Wyoming. Kirby, Wyoming literally has a population of 97 people. People. Not 1,000 97 people. Half of them work at the, at the distillery. Yeah, I don't know. I I suspect it's a popular place to work. Yeah. In Kirby, Wyoming. So we were talking about a little... I mean, for a hot minute, we were talking about uh, splitting wood. This week, I, spit, I split a lot of wood. Probably, probably, probably a good rick, I would say, of wood. One of the things I love about it is that you just get a chance to, it's good, it's hard work. It's, it's very satisfying. It's very work. satisfying work. And I have boys now uh, that can help me, right? So I'm out there, I'm chopping wood, and I ask, or splitting wood, and I, I'm asking Luke, or Jude, I said, hey Jude, and this is, a, this is a really cool question to ask your kid, like just in general, just to see what they say. Yeah. And I said, uh, what do you think about when you think of God? And I, I just left it there, like. What did he say? He said, "Uncle Dave." <laughs> no, and he said, but what he, what he did say, uh, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. I am shocked. But what he did say was like, uh, I almost like had to stop for a second. I almost got like emotional. It's like something weird. Like when you get older as a dad, I know. you just get a little you. bit more emotional. Like things that hit you. When I, dude, when I'm like. In another thirty years, I'm just gonna be a wreck. I am just, <laughs> just gonna be. I'm just gonna be like so soft, crying yeah. all the time. I don't know. It's like weird. Maybe I I'll. Know. Maybe I'll go through like a phase and I'll get better. I I don't. I don't actually, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't either. Because I've seen some. I've seen other older guy. I say older guys. You know, like people who like once you get in your sixties, like they start crying. Mm-hmm. So I'm there. I'm asking. It's I'm, a, it's actually kind of endearing. I'm asking you. I said. So what do you think about when you think of God? And he said, well, I, I think about love. And so then I said, okay, well, that's just something that I've instilled in him. Let me push him a little further, right? And so I said, well, what do you mean by that? 
what do you mean by love? Yeah. And I was expecting him to give like the St. Thomas Aquinas definition, you know, like yeah. willing the good willing of the other. The good of, yeah. yeah. Um, but he, he didn't say that, but what your, is your seven year old didn't six, six yeah. year old, your six year old didn't give uh, I, I'm shocked. He didn't quote the summa. No, I'm shocked. But what he did say was what like caught me, you know, he said, well, you know, you know, like mom loves me and wants me to be good so that I can go to heaven. Mm-hmm. And then he said, and like, you know, you, he said, dad, he, you know, you, you go to work so that way we can uh, be together as a family. And like, you want us to be together. And I was like, oh, I do want us to be. Together. Yeah. You know, it was just like, uh, it, it was, it, it was like one of these moments where you just realize like, by the grace of God, he's like he's making some connections that I didn't think he was going to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it got me thinking, you know, you, you're splitting this wood. You're talking to your son. You're trying not to cry. You're trying to be uh, manly. You're crying, trying, you're, crying and splitting <laughs> yeah, wood at the same like, time. It's so great. Um, <laughs> Actually, I could see that going together pretty well. Like, yeah, you're just, just absolutely like, distraught. Go out know, and chop wood. It's like sobbing. <laughs> But I mean, you know, that's what you want as a dad, right? You want to show your your children a glimpse of our Heavenly Father's love. Sure. And so I'm just like, I, I'm there and, and so... Not too many, just one. Just <laughs> one glimpse. <laughs> and I'm just, you know, uh, I'm so proud of him, you know, but I, we keep going and I, I start talking about sacrifice. We're talking about, you know, splitting the wood. Why are we doing this? What What's yeah. the purpose of all of this? Mm-hmm. And so it made me start thinking also about uh, the, the the episode that we did with Bishop Condola uh, on the Eucharist, abortion, yeah. um, you know, uh, the pro-life movement, like the public office, and how he called us as our bishop. He calls us to not just, uh, you know, uh, to not just make sure that we stand for the truth, but to also be praying and fasting for those who are not standing up for the truth, who, right. who are not living a virtuous and holy life, uh-huh. so that they can be... Uh, the grace can be given to them to be able to come back to our Lord, right? Mm-hmm. And so then I started thinking, which led me to another path of of, of thinking, um, just about the holy sacrifice of the Mass, the efficaciousness of mm-hmm. of like really what the cross really means, like what the sacrifice of the cross meant. And so then I started talking. Uh, I started. I've been reading uh, Father Gary Goulagrange a whole lot. And uh, he said he has this this quote in, in one of his books. He says, "Our Lord saved the world even more by his heroic love on the cross than by his sermons." And so, like, this is a weird way of you know a glimpse into my weird mind of how I was just starting connecting all of these things about how like it's not just about what we preach, but also like how we endure the cross. You know, Jesus gave us the sermons so that we know how, you know, you know how to follow him, but he gave us the cross so that we have the grace to follow him. Mm-hmm. You know, it does no good if you know how to follow you know to follow him without the sacrificial the sanctifying grace to be able to follow him. Mm-hmm. Because we can do nothing without uh sanctifying grace. It's almost like if you have insight into all wit- all mysteries, you know all things, but you don't have love. It's almost like you're just a clanging gong or a clashing cymbal. Symbol or something. Yeah. You're just, yeah. 
just, you're just like a sitar just making loud noises. Yeah. Dude, sitars are so annoying if you can't play them. Uh, <laughs> any, anyway, uh, so I was, I was so, really wondering, like, hey, where are you going with that? I, okay, I got you now. Yeah. So I started also thinking, so it led me to like down this path of like um, the call for reparation, the call to live a life of That's the worst. I hate of that reparation. part. It's the worst yeah. part. I mean. It is. I mean, and like, you know, it, and it even goes back to like what Jude was saying, like, right, dad, you, you, you go to work so that we can, uh, so that we can be together. Like, dad, you mm-hmm. were sacrificing, like in, in his own words, like he didn't understand it fully, but right. he was saying like, dad, you're sacrificing so that we can be all together. Right, because you know, kids understanding of things is often very matter of fact. You know, like oh, yeah, you, you sure. go to work. That's just what you do. Like it might be years before he realizes, oh, that was a sacrifice, but that's okay, because he knows. Well, that's just what you do. You know, like mm-hmm. all those things will come together in a child's mind at the at the right time. Right. Um. But, but still. Yeah. So it made me think also, like you know, just about the the virtuous life. You know, uh-huh. uh, if the, our Lord saved the world even by his, you know by His heroic love more on the cross than than by His sermons, it made me think. You know, a, a virtuous life, a heroic, you know, a supernatural virtuous life is very unique, right? It's very interesting because we can we can have a situation where we think, oh, that was a virtuous moment. You know, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't lie. I had the opportunity to lie to my boss, but I chose not to do that. You know, that's not a virtuous, that's actually not a virtuous act. You know, the virtuous act is to be geared towards the truth. Not, yeah. not in a negative sense, but in a positive sense, right? Not a negative <laughs> of, I don't want to lie. Well, I don't know. It could be a virtuous but, act. It's not an act. You're not acting out of virtue. It's, a, it's like, an, it, it's an imperfect you didn't. Uh, it's act, not you perf- didn't do it out of habit, you know. Right. It's. A, I would say it's maybe an imperfect instead of a perfect. It's virtuous act. in as much as it is uh, progressing you towards, towards the virtuous towards life. Mer- towards virtue, you know, like virtues. You can always be more virtuous. You know, it's not like oh, now I. Some some virtues, honesty. You could achieve perfect honesty. I mean, like, but most of the virtues, you can continue to progress on. You know. Yeah, because you're you're trying to form your intellect and will to the good, right? right? So, like, it's a continual formation of your intellect and will to the good. And even if you have, you know, you always tell the truth, you could still be more habitually disposed towards uh, the truth. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the habit could be deeper than it is. Than it is, sure. Yeah, yeah and so, uh, so uh, Gary Lagrange he talks about this. It was a, a note that I made in one of the books, but it says the more the more advanced in the spiritual life, the more their interior sufferings resemble those of Jesus and Mary. Mm-hmm. You know the the interior sufferings that Jesus and Mary had were not sufferings for their own purification, but for the redemption of other souls. Right. You know because they didn't need the purification. Mm-hmm. It was for it was for our redemption. Sure. And so. You know, whenever we, we you read these the, these stories of the saints, you know, even as recent as like Mother Angelica or uh, um, P- Padre Pio or uh, Maximilian Kolbe, you know, Saint Faustina, Saint Faustina, they all have these like 
this deep desire to suffer. to suffer. Yeah. And it just makes me like think about yeah, St. Therese. But it's know. not but it's it's a deep desire to suffer to give something to our Lord, right? It's it's a deep desire to suffer so that they can unite themselves to the cross. That they can give themselves fully to the that they can kill themselves so that they can be born again in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. To to live in the crucified Christ. Yeah, and it seems like, you know, because it is kind of a f- confusing concept. I still don't have you know the grasp on it that I hope to someday to have, but I understand it more now than I did. Like, what does it mean to unite your sufferings to Christ? You know, like. How, what do you do? How do you do that? Operationally, how does that work? You know, and I, maybe we can talk about it after, on the other yeah, side of the yeah. yeah, let's do that. Because, I mean, I think that's a, it's a strange concept, kind of. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's do it. We'll talk about it. That's not where I was going to go with it, but I think that's a good, good way to go. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're talking about suffering, everybody's favorite topic. Yeah. Hopefully, this podcast is not a suffering for you, but if it is, offer it up for Adam's sins. And you're welcome. He's got a lot of them. Anyway, um, so operationally, we're talking about uniting your sufferings to Christ. Uh, and I think this kind of happens in two ways. One is that you just simply offer up, you know, instead of, like, begrudging your suffering, one way to do it is, I think, kind of the first way is you just embrace it. You say, like, oh, it's sort of an attitude that you adopt. Um, it's like, Lord, I'm going to offer, I want to offer this suffering up. I want to unite it to your to the cross with you, mm-hmm. um, that it might be redemptive for me and for the world. Um, and so then it's like bringing in a, an attitude of gratitude you now all of a sudden you're thankful for your suffering. Um, that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I think it's you know it's like a habit, something you get better at the more you do. The other th- the other way I think that you unite your sufferings to Christ is by when you um, grow to love Him more and more. His sufferings become your sufferings, and so in that way you're like really united to Him. Like you're suffering because He suffered. Mm-hmm. You you develop uh, a um, sorrow for sin. Yeah, that was. I, I mean, I, I think you, you're. I you think you're I mean? dead on. And so that means, like, now I, his agony in the garden, I, I take play. I take part in that because I, I also have this suffering because of the sin of the world. You know that I, your love for God just can. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's when you asked that question. That wasn't where I was going to go with any of this, but when you asked that question, I started thinking about, okay, well, what does that really mean? And, and the idea came to my mind also is like just the relationship that you have. When you yeah. have a true relationship with somebody, their suffering becomes your suffering. This is intuitive, right? Like when my best friend, when Juan or Dave is suffering for something, right. I grieve, I suffer as well. If your friend gets cancer, you're not just like, oh, that's too bad, bro. Right. See you um, later. You know, it's, right? It's like, it, like you're able to understand that and, yeah. and have empathy. And like, you can't be unaffected, right? Um, and so, I think the deeper relationship that you can have with Christ, the more you are able to understand practically and pragmatically how 
to unify your sufferings with it, with right. the cross. Yeah, so I think it happens both of those ways. You suffer with him. That's one way your sufferings united, and also the sufferings that you have, you realize it can be redemptive, just like mm-hmm. Christ's suffering is redemptive. Mm-hmm. I'll yeah. let you read that if you want. Oh yeah, so it's from uh, Colossians one twenty four. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of His body, that is the church. You know, this is one thing that people ask: like, so what was lacking? In Christ's suffering, mm-hmm. well, your suffering—that's mm-hmm. that's what it was. It was the, the only thing lacking is your suffering, the suffering that you have. To, you need to unite to Him on on the cross, uh, suffering ununited, <laughs> unoffered up is suffering wasted. Well, suffering with the with the understanding of what the end is, right? So we need to understand what the end of the suffering is. Like, what is the yeah, purpose? Like, right. What are we trying? Like. What are we trying to do? If you don't have that understanding of like, I'm just here to to grit my teeth and bear it, you know, and bear it. That's not redemptive. That's not reparation. That's not that, redemptive. That would suffering. be like a very stoic. Like the Stoics right. would take that approach. And also, we don't seek out suffering for its own sake. sake. Right. It's not. It's not its own end. I mean, sometimes we do seek out suffering. Uh, and I I mean, like when we fast, you know, we're in we're seeking it out in, in those moments. We could avoid it. Right, but it's Sometimes, not for its own end. Right, but we don't suffer just to suffer. Um, we suffer uh, in order to unite it to Christ. You know, so like we're not masochists. We're not right. saying go out like, oh, you should be suffering. Like suffering is good. Mm-hmm. Suffering is an evil. It's evil, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's why there's value in enduring. You know, in it's a lack of good. Yeah, so, right, yeah. exactly. So. Um, so some of the things that I think that, you know, how do you, you kind of ask like, what does that look like practically? Like, how do you actually do this? Mm -hmm. One of the, one of the things that hit me a a very practical way, he didn't realize he did it, but, uh, we were at the garden of hope where, uh, we pray the rosary outside the abortion clinic and father, uh, Robert Healy of the diocese of Tulsa was there with us. And there was a guy on the other side of the street who was walking, and he used the Lord's name in vain. And Father Healy instantly said, "Let's make an act of reparation." And then he started, pr- and then he led us in prayer for that other man's act mm-hmm. of of saying the Lord's name in vain. Yeah. Uh, and it, it hit me like, man, I don't do that near enough. Right. Um, that's not something that I do. Um, you know, I try my best to, you know, when the when our Lord's name is said, you know, to to give it a bow, you know, to, to respect his name, but I don't, I don't make acts of reparation for other people near enough. Yeah. It's hard to do, man. You but know? I think the more you can do it, the more, you know, it, it, it pulls you out of that pride, right? The reason why it's so beneficial is like, it pulls you out of pride. It pulls you out of yourself and it's not an inward thing, but a, a geared towards yeah. the body, the mystical body of Christ itself. And every person is called to this, you know, to reparation for this, like for the world in different degrees. Obviously, like a monk is, that's a large part of his life mm-hmm. is reparation for the sin of the world mm-hmm. um, and for the religious. Uh, but everybody is called to it. I mean, it's something, all, it's part of the Christian life. Um, and it's something that can be, I think, overwhelming if you're trying to think about what, oh, wow, I need to like make reparations for the sins of the world. Um and we're not saying that your reparations, just to be clear, uh, if someone doesn't get this, we're not saying that what you're doing is going to bring forgiveness to a person. Because it is Christ's, Christ's 
death and resurrection mm-hmm, mm-hmm. alone mm-hmm. that brings forgiveness for sin into the world, okay? What we're talking about is um, the, sin brings about two penalties. There's uh, forgiveness, and then there's um, the penalty that comes along with the sin. Um, so we're talking about uh, the, 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 the penalty that comes along with sin, that, okay? Yeah. Um, that you can make acts of reparation to alleviate for yourselves and for others. Um, don't feel like, oh, you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders, okay? Because you're just do what you feel called to do. Like one thing that I do, it's very, very, very small. If I hear someone takes the Lord's name in vain, and if it's... Um, if it's a good moment to do it, I'll just bow my head as like a, just a way of like mm-hmm. telling the Lord, I'm sorry that my brother here is taking your, yeah. sometimes if people are watching, it's not a moment to bow your head because they don't know why you're bowing your head. Right. And they might think that you're nodding yes in agreement when you bow your head. Sometimes it looks like you're going, yeah. yeah what a scandal. You know, and like, so, you know, you have to be conscious right. of that sure. kind of thing. Um, that's just something very small. It doesn't cost you anything, but it, what I've found is that it just adopts, it forms my attitude. It keeps my, my, my conscious, conscience, Conscience. consciousness, it keeps me mindful of God and of Christ, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's just, that's a little good thing to do. Just start off small. I mean, and don't feel like, oh, every sin I see, I'm going to have to make reparations for Like, yeah, you don't want to get scrupulous. You, know, uh, you just want to, like, take baby steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, maybe God's calling you to do something big. Like, uh, one of our buddies, Jim, in California, he gets up in the middle of the night yeah, uh, to pray. Um, th- but that was something that he discerned that God was calling him to do. You know, I think mm-hmm. he discerned it patiently. And um, I just think so, you don't want to get carried away. Prudence. Don't get carried away. I see a lot of times people start devotions, and then they quickly... They get over the, you know, like, get over their heads. In mm-hmm. it's better to like, yeah, do something that you can stick to and build on. And one of the one of the biggest things that you could do is, and this goes back is also piggybacks on another episode we did just recently uh, on uh, the the Holy Mass and preparing your family oh, is like yeah. offering up the Mass for somebody, right? Uh, you know, obviously, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Is the most efficacious form of sacrifice. Right, it is definitely. Um, and so, have you ever thought about like how crazy it was for you? Know, so, so you have Mary who's like perfect, and then Jesus dies. Mary stays on Earth. She's hanging out with Saint John. Saint John is, uh, cele- you know, celebrating a holy sacrifice of the Mass, and he is giving her Holy Communion. Like, have you ever thought about that? I thought about that for the first time yeah, the is, other day. That is crazy. And thinking about like, here is a woman who, uh, t- her whole her whole life led up to the reparation of sin, like you know, of of this uh, uh, piercing of the heart, of being at the foot of the cross, seeing her son, yeah, sacrifice his life it's for everybody. Silent interior suffering. Yes, beyond and, what we can imagine, and just can't even like you can't even fathom the degree of suffering that she has because she has such an intimate union with Christ. Right. And, and that and has just been, is totally resigned to his will. And and it has been separated. And then at the holy sacrifice of the mass, she is once again united with her son. Think about this. They have discovered that women, mothers, 
bear their child's, their children's DNA in their blood for the rest of their life. Mary would have had Jesus's actual blood in her body her entire life. Chimerism. Well, in, at the point of her conception. At the point once, of conception. Yeah, but I mean, once, not before he was born. Right. But mothers who give birth to children, uh, now they can actually identify, like, they can take your blood and identify, like, oh, here's this, your first kid's blood, here's your second kid's blood. It's the child, DNA of the children is in their, their blood the whole time, in Mary the whole time. There, there are many souls out there that are suffering heavy right now, yeah. mightily. Catholic hack, if you don't have an intention for the Mass, offer it up for the intentions of Our Lady. Yes. You don't like, oh, what should I, if nothing comes to mind, that's the default. Like, give it to Our Lady. Whatever her intentions are, that's what you offer the Mass for. Right. We'll give a, we'll keep going for just a few yeah, more minutes. Sure. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. I'm really interested to try the uh, double double cask as well. Well, when you sent us the picture that this is going to be the whiskey night, you had all three of them there, and I thought, are we doing a flight? Oh. Are we doing a taste test? Oh, that would be interesting. We've never done that. Do you want more, Jim? I'm good. Okay. I, I, I'm good. Thank you. So, but, you know, so that was like something that I was thinking about, right? Is like how crazy it is for the, for our mother to be reunited with Christ uh, you can imagine at like the her, holy si- they're that, living with Saint John, going like, uh, uh, Father John. I don't know if she called him Father John, you know, but like John, yeah. probably just John. I'll bet it was John. Johnny Boy. Johnny. No, not uh, Johnny. No. Johnny she didn't do Johnny Boy. Are you gonna uh, do the Lord's Supper soon? Like, I'd really like to see my son again. <laughs> there's there's you also know, like, a, a small tea tradition that. Uh, when the f- Last Supper took place, an angel took communion to, yeah. or, or lady to Our Lady from yeah. Yeah. from the first. All right, so that, I think that was part of the uh, Saint Bridget of Sweden, mm, part of the, okay. her revelation. You know, she was one of the three vi- uh, mystics who had visions. It could have been one of the others, but in the book, The Life of Mary, as seen by the mystics, which is just the craziest book, that's in there. Mm. About yeah, at the Last Supper, Jesus you know, consecrates himself mm-hmm. and he takes like a little tiny piece. He holds himself right. in his hands. And he gave it like when no one was looking, gave it to an angel because Mary was in the next room, you know, like all the women, none of the women were in right. the upper room, but so that she got to receive the Eucharist along with the apostles. That's pretty crazy. cool. Pretty yeah, cool. That is crazy. You guys have to like, if anybody's listening, Somebody's yeah. listening, I'm sure. <laughs> Everybody who's listening. There's one and Jim like, and, and I, I'm crazy, halfway listening. If you want a crazy book, go out and get that book. The Life of Mary as Seen by the Mystics. The whole time. It's all uh, private revelation, right? You don't have to believe any of it. Well, I mean, there actually is some stuff in the book you have to believe because it's part of the creed. But uh, for the most part, the story is just private revelation. Maybe it's true. Maybe it isn't. But it's like... I don't think the saints are liars, you know. I don't think Mary is a liar when she tells St. Bridget of Sweden, this is what happened to me. This is what it was like for me. She, like, it goes through from the time she was born, when she's, like, in the, not the, this. she's, like, a virgin, like, in the temple, 
you know, and like she's turned get, out she always was. So. And, but when she was in the temple, like a t- actual temple virgin, and all like the other girls were picking on her, and like uh, it's the, the whole book is just crazy. Hmm. And then like the Saint Simeon um, called several men to see who is gonna marry Mary, and he said they gave him all sticks or something. And he said, the one who's going to be Mary's husband, let his branch light on fire. And Joseph's lit on fire. First of all, who does that? (laughs) I know how we're going to solve this. I'm going to give you all sticks. Spontaneous combustion. Right. One of them them might light on fire. We'll see. Spontaneous combustion. Like, if I did that and then one actually lit on fire, be totally freaked out. Yeah, that would. Be you know, crazy. but anyway, it's just a crazy book. The life of Mary is seen by the mystics. If you want something crazy and cool to read, one of the other things that uh, Father Gary Lagrange talks about is talks about the, the life of reparation in a priest. Mm. Uh, and, and I know we have at least a few priests who listen to our show, and and it's he definitely next level for the priesthood. It's rep- de- reparation. Yeah, it does. In fact, uh, and for the religious life, even if you're a monk, like I said, who's not a priest. You, you know, you're also next level. Yeah, reparation status. Here's a quick, uh, like a quick quote that he that he quick as, quote. As long as you can quote it quickly. Mm, I don't know if I can. Uh, I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> well, I was actually gonna say like quip. I was gonna like use another like. You're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna quip quickly quip at me. Yeah, but then I thought yeah, but he said uh, the priest in particular should be another Christ. Jesus is priest and victim. The priest cannot wish to participate in the priesthood of Christ without sharing in some way in his state as victim, in the measure willed for him in providence. When the priest ascends the altar, he bears on the front and back of his chasuble the cross, which recalls our saviors. And so he goes through this Mm. whole beautiful um, understanding of the call of how the priest's life is nothing but for service of others, and you can't, you can't have. Everybody wants to be uh, the Jesus who flips over tables, and no one wants to be the priest on or Jesus on the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he makes this beautiful uh, connection with the priesthood and Jesus, and how uh, the life of the priest is not his own; it is for the is for others. And then you can also, I mean, you obviously yeah. can can deduce this as we, you know, if we. Take um, if we're the priest of our family, if we're priest, prophet, and king. Yeah, yeah. Through, I mean, that's through, not what I was thinking. It's like that's through, true though for everybody. You you know, but he has a special. If had, you have died with Christ in baptism, and it, you have risen with him, mm-hmm. uh, your life is his. I mean, it, your life and his life are linked mm-hmm. for every Christian. I mean, the cross. The cross is our end. Mm-hmm. I mean that the cross is our journey. That's why, like I, I. I I try to bring back the idea of, of saying the holy sacrifice of the mass. We've kind of gotten away from like you know we use the celebration of uh, mm-hmm. of the mass or, or the service or the service or something. The word. You know, service is a terrible word. Um, which you know it is a cel- it, it, it's a Paschal mystery. It, it is a celebration that Jesus rose again. But the it only is a reason- celebration in the seventies. The whole celebration side was very popular. You right. Know, uh, but but it is through the work of the cross. It is like it is through Christ and the cross that gives us our salvation, that gives us the salvific redemption that we are that we yeah. need. And so it is 
if we use the language, uh, use that type of language that replicates exactly what that is in real life, mm-hmm. it is we talked about this more on an understanding. episode. It's been a while back. About what is it like abuse of power? Abuse sang- of language? No, uh, it's like about sanctifying our language. Pamela oh, like, yes. did that for Lent one year, mm-hmm. uh, and it was it was just a really it was really great. You know, it's not saying oh we're going to mass. It's always holy mass or the holy sacrifice of the mass. Um, especially when you're talking to like coworkers, tell them oh well, I went to holy mass on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, it will pique their interest always mm-hmm. uh, because they're like wait. If you just say I went to church, that's that's good. I mean, like it's good to talk about going to church with your coworkers, but if you tell your coworker, the same coworker, I went to Holy Mass, mm-hmm. it has a, like a stronger. It's a, it's more forceful. It has a, a powerful effect. It's on sacred. People. It, yeah, exactly. They know. Oh, what you did was holy. You right. went to Holy Mass. Right. Um, did I go to Holy Mass? You know that right. maybe they'll think. I I don't I don't know what they'll think, but. Um, yeah, the holy sacrifice of the mass. It is a sacrifice principally. It is a celebration, like also, but it is not a celebration principally. Like it is first and foremost a representation mm-hmm. of Christ's sacrifice on the altar. Right. It, it's not a. It's not a birthday party. First and foremost, you know what I mean. We do at every mass the reality of the resurrection is also what is also part of it right um that's part of the holy mass well and that's why the final the final th- blessing you know is like go forth and announce the gospel it's like good now we're in celebration christ has risen right so things are ordered towards the resurrection of christ it is in fact it is truly a celebration but but, it, but first happen. first it is a sacrifice right and so it's fine to say that the Mass is a celebration. It is a celebration. It's Easter. Every Sunday is Easter. We are an Easter people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more correct, I think, to call it a sacrifice because we are being literally, through time and space, represented at the foot of the cross. Yeah, and you guys were talking about having an intentional for the, for the Mass and that's not only a suggestion. Every mass needs to have an intention because a sacrifice mm-hmm. is something you it has to be offered for something. I remember you saying so, that the other yeah. day. I actually didn't know that. It's a it's a requirement. Yeah, everybody has of yeah. every mass. Yeah. So. I, but that's like just one of those things I didn't know. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Like, just look my direction at holy mass. At holy mass, I do. I look just at look what do you do, Jim? <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> I look at you all the time, Jim, because you're like. Kind of like right over there. I don't ever see you at, at Holy Mass. No, see, yeah. I'm a, I'm like one panel more. Like I'm a little bit my seat, mm-hmm. which it's my seat. Don't take. I'm a little bit more angled towards Jim, so I can see Jim pretty well. <laughs> I cannot. You have to kind of like look more to your to the side yeah. than I do. Have, yeah. So have you noticed though? We're all like kind of on like the fourth or fifth. Like we've got that. We got it on lockdown. We're all like on the same radius from the altar. It's very strange. Yeah. Uh, the last thing, I, and this piggybacks really well on our, our camp out. And I think we've said this on the show before, but it's worth saying again. When you've been doing the show for five years, you're, yeah. you're going to repeat things. If, if thing. fatherhood has taught me one thing, it's, <laughs> it's that you have to repeat yourself. <laughs> yeah. uh, but one of the monks at Clear Creek Monastery, where we will be. Uh, 
having the camp out, he told us in a talk one time that every meal you should you should have one thing that you offer up during that meal as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Whether and he said like if there's ten people around you watching you eat, and they ask each each person what did he sacrifice this meal, you should have like ten different answers because it should be small enough to where no one notices, but enough for you to where you it, it is a, a small sacrifice yeah like even if you wait three seconds before you take this bite right uh, or you normally do three three shakes of the salt and you'll go two right or you serve yourself like the tiniest bit less than you want to but everything should be a small sacrifice uh, i think it was saint jose maria escriva who said like a meal without a sacrifice is a meal wasted mm-hmm. um it's a meal eating like a pig that's what he said. Yeah. A meal eaten like a pig is a meal wasted. No, a, a oh, meal, a meal without a sacrifice, sacrifice is a meal eaten, eaten like a pig. pig. Ooh, that's that is a better line. That's a much better line. Uh, so oh, the uh, Catholic all year long lady, what's I don't remember her name. Uh, God, I should I cannot. Tyranny, remember. Uh, Kendra Tyranny. Yeah, that might be it. We're gonna have them on the show here pretty and soon. You know what? I say her. Maybe it's not her. Uh, well, anyway, this is. Go- this is Digressing very fast. It's, it's one of the people that my wife like follows. Um, blessed is she. During Lent, She's they, blessed. as a family, will serve their meal and all wait 40 seconds. Wow. It'd, be, it'd be cooler if it was 33 seconds. Well, it's 40 days. Yeah, but... Like, so 40 seconds, that's just what they do. You, Adam, you can, you can do 33 seconds, and right. then they're over there like su- sacrificing for seven more seconds. Yeah. You know. Because they're holier. I mean, probably. I don't really know them, but most likely, they seem like pretty holy. So, okay. Well, that was just what I and wanted to if, talk if about. There's I just one thing to, like, I know about holiness. I just want to refocus our the our, way things seem. Is our the way our it thoughts is. on how we need our be- uh, You know, we need to um, temper our appetites. We need to like. We have to have this des- deep desire to uh, of understanding that how important a soul really is in the eyes of God, like how much a soul is worth. Mm -hmm. And if we understood, if we actually understood that, then we would, it even just grasp some of it. We would be continually trying our best to have a deep desire to bring people back into the church, to, to desire the good for them, to love them, um, and to sacrifice for them. 